This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Brian. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to our lives. <laughs> How's it going? Give me some updates. I am feeling pretty great, but I also, just as a preemptive discussion, I was told at a tarot card reading, it was a very brief thing at an event, to not celebrate things before their wins, so we're not going to celebrate yet. Okay, you know that's so hard for me. I'm like on the edge like, of my seat already. <laughs> but I am almost paying off my student loans. <gasps> so close. So I have, we've talked about this before, where it's like, full disclosure, I, I, have, I had about 60K mm-hmm. in student loan debt, and I have $3,000 left. That's crazy. So it is one of those things that I've literally been chipping away at and doing a lot of work on and particularly against my financial advisor's advice, putting all my money toward it because I just want it gone. It's so, I'm so close. (laughs) Um, And I'm the type of person that is really impatient and I just don't want to have it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I basically have a strategy in place to pay it off by the end of July or that that's at least the goal because I need like these incremental like celebration moments of like okay I did this I'm so close and I feel like if I budget correctly Mm -hmm. and based on like some math that I did I think I can do that and so I'm very excited that is super exciting I'm holding it all inside until you tell me that it's done and then I can let it all burst out all over your face because I am super Super exciting. That sounded inappropriate. <laughs> but I am really excited for you. I just am trying to keep it in here in my heart center and just know that it is very, very ready to be excited with you. And I'm just not celebrating early, but that's amazing. But I think it's one of those moments where it's like, let's recognize that this has been a long time goal and I'm still working at it. And I feel like it was an appropriate time to update because. I was always inspired when you had those moments where you were like, this one thing is checked off the list, or this is the one thing that I have left to accomplish. So basically the way that I've been approaching it, and I know we kind of talked about this in the budgeting episode in the past, um, but I... Once I had my emergency fund in my savings account, I basically put every extra dollar that I had at the end of the month toward it. So it was like I had my monthly payments, but in order to chip away at it faster, I put, if I had, you know, an extra $500, an extra $1,000, I would just make an extra payment. And it actually worked really well. Like my goal was to have it done by the end of the year. Yeah. Because that was like what I thought would be realistic. And it's July. And I'm like, whoa. Which is the tooch early. Yeah. Earlier than anticipated. Earlier than anticipated. And then after after that, all that money is going 
straight into savings. Investing. Super. We'll see. We'll have Ooh, new updates coming soon. investing conversation. It's one that I've wanted to have for some time, but folk accountant Chelsea and I have had to reevaluate. <laughs> so we will, I will be talking about that later, yeah. but I would love to start that conversation because I do think it's something that you see all those articles about, like, women are super behind, or this is why, or it's because of the pay gap and all of that, that stuff. And I think the more we can educate ourselves around the investing conversation in addition to the saving conversation totally is agree. totally super relevant and something that I am really excited to get into at a later date. Yeah. So that is awesome. I am a huge fan of incremental celebrations on like a beverage clinking glass level. But I think that it's this like the when, final countdown. Exactly. Like I think when this happens it will definitely warrant a larger celebration of sorts. I agreed. So we'll figure that out. I think the bonus too here is to acknowledge all of the dollars that I will have saved in interest having paid this off in like a year because I had like a budget of okay, I could do this in seven years, five years, or one year, thinking about it from my own standpoint, not like the the loan standpoint. Yeah. And oh man. <laughs> Just like look at all those dollars. Because I think my interest rate is like five point nine or something like that. And okay. You're like, oh. You wanna attack that faster yeah. than than average. Goals. Yeah. So but super exciting. Can't wait to celebrate in July. And uh We'll all celebrate together. Yeah. We'll do an update (laughs) just around that. (laughs) And if I don't hit it... We won't remind you. August. August. (laughs) One one month at a time. (laughs) When it happens, regardless, that's a huge, huge thing to accomplish no matter what. So I'm really excited for you. Thank you. Yay. What about you? So mine's like slightly less huge. That's okay. (laughs) They're They're relevant. I have continued to face my fear of the open road on a bike and I am biking more often not just like for leisure but also to get me places like living downtown and most of what I do for fun is and happens downtown so it's been really nice to get on the bike more often get more comfortable with riding in traffic I still don't have a super cool, cool helmet and that's like one of the things on my list that I really want like one of the ones with like a bill on it or Ooh. something yeah like so it looks like I fit in and I know what I'm doing so I just like it was, it was one of the things that I talked about in the hobbies app because I was just kind of like I don't know if it's a hobby does it fit into the category but more than that it's just something I enjoy doing so much and it's an alternative to like taking my car out of the garage and like that takes three solid minutes to get out of the garage and so if I can just walk out my front door and jump on a bike I've saved myself probably at least five minutes in the process of getting to my destination so and it's good for you and I've just really enjoyed it so that's my update is that I'm doing it more often I'm facing my fears on a regular basis and it's a lot of fun especially because we've had beautiful weather and I can mm-hmm. actually take advantage of being outside I think that that's something that everyone should be thankful for is that in this moment, we have the sun shining. And so it's like, why wouldn't I hop on a bike? And I also appreciate the underlying theme of facing your fears and just doing a thing that you want to do because you can do it. Yes. And it's and it's just great. It just I always feel better after I do it because I'm like, not for the like the workout anything aspect, but just 
It's really easy to park a bike wherever the heck you want. It's really easy to get it around town. Rochester's traffic is not crazy by any means, so getting it through the downtown scene is not challenging that Mm -hmm. much. It's just my own fear that has continued to hold me back, so I'm really excited about it. And hopefully your budget will allow you to get a helmet very soon because I'd like you to be safe. <laughs> I also would like to be safe. That's really where the fear stems from is like some wily driver just coming out of nowhere. So yeah, a, a helmet is definitely on the short list of achievables for my budget list. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. So what's inspiring you this week, Brown? Well, I read this lovely article from Fast Company um, that they shared in their email newsletter, and it's called Four Questions to Ask Yourself When You Have to Make a Big Decision. I saw that. I didn't read it yet, though. Well, so this is I'm going to tell you exactly what's <laughs> in it. Um, it was one of those things that I, I such clickbait for me, where I'm like, this is hard. <laughs> I, need to, I need to click this. Because for me, I think... I have a tendency to weigh all options available and then get overwhelmed by said options. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes difficult for me to make a decision because I'm probably thinking about what other people want instead of what is important to do. Fair. So I kind of shared a a few of the, or pulled out a few of the things that like really resonated with me. But they talked about when you're assessing this decision, how does it compare to other decisions that you're making? Hmm. So, like, on the level of importance scale, like, is it a 1 or is it a 10? 10 being very important. Okay. Because in that sense, it's like, is this something that's happening in this moment that I need to make a decision about? Or is it something that's actually going to affect the rest of my life? And, like, what (laughs) level? There are very different scales. (laughs) And I think that that's a really good thing to classify because, again, tendency over here is to put everything on an equal playing field. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair to myself or anyone that I'm, you know, making decisions for or like who's anyone who might be affected by these decisions. Definitely. Um, I think another thing that's important is setting a time frame. Mm -hmm. Um, They mentioned maximizers need a time limit and that is a personal trait strength of mine (laughs) maximizer is a strength yes um but it's because we're always looking for a better solution in a situation so um that can also be limiting which is a problem so setting a deadline is something that helps create those necessary boundaries on how to actually go forth and make a decision and i think Um, Again, something that I've noticed in myself is that if there is a deadline in place, I'm going to follow through on it. Right. And so if you need, if it's, you know, level 10 on the importance scale and also needs to be decided upon by the end of the week, you need to create some structure within your day to day to To make that that decision in five days. Right. Um, I think also something that comes into play that's really relevant is having an opportunity to ask someone for advice Mm. has someone else that you know um had this type of situation or putting yourself in the shoes of another individual where like if i was talking to you if you were like hey brianna i have this decision to make what do i do and i was like here's my advice to you like that's great personal perspective because if i'm giving you advice that is different than like what I'm thinking about around making this decision, then that's a problem because it means that I'm telling you to go for it and somehow like holding myself back. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, how did I get here? <laughs> and so I think that that's like good perspective when like whether it's, you know, asking someone else for their input or just thinking about how you would actually put yourself in their that shoes. Position, yeah. Um, and then always understand what your gut is telling you. Definitely a necessity. Don't always rely on it as, like, the sole force of all (laughs) decision-making. No? That that could definitely blow up in your face. (laughs) Um, But I think it is important to have an understanding of what your emotional reaction is to it. Because I think sometimes I want to say yes to things. Mm -hmm. But I can tell like internally that I'm having a lot of resistance to it or like immediately feeling stressed or like this doesn't fit into my timeline. And it's like, okay, if I'm feeling that way, let's take a step back and say, is this a yes or is this a no? Or like, how can I frame the the conversation down the road? Or like, how do I, how do I update my decision-making process around these feelings? And I think that's something that we don't consider all the time is like taking that step back and not knowing you don't have to answer things instantly because I think we live in this place where instantness is something that we want to be able to accomplish and like don't keep anybody waiting answer the email right away like but having that moment to step back and consider what your gut is telling you versus what your brain is telling you is going to help you make the right decision especially when there's this weird pull that I feel like you can never really identify of why you're feeling not so great about it. Mm -hmm. Your instinct is to say yes, because as we know, both you and I tend to be yes people. But if there's something in you that's like kind of tingly and saying, maybe we should wait on this, or maybe you should consider all the options, listening to that, not just the gut check, but the reaction to take a beat and Mm -hmm. think is something to listen to as well. Totally agree. And I think that any advice on being a better decision maker is just going to make us, you know, better leaders down the road. Absolutely. That's why I love Fast Company. Yes. They always get it right. They really do. And that's another thing I feel like we don't talk about in the leadership role as much like people don't people talk about like delegating they talk about being a great listener they talk about being just a great leader but the decision making piece of leadership I feel like I don't read or hear as much about where it falls in the like I I think one of the points on personally on my like uh, employee evaluation is judgment and I think that that's one thing that like you that kind of falls to the end of the list always of like what's your judgment telling Mm -hmm. you or what's your decision making ability and it's something that we don't talk about or hear about as much as we should and how important it is within that leadership role and how much to consider it and learn how to do it better future episode decision making (laughs) call it got him that's great. Uh, what about you, Sid? So this just came up for me. I think it was written like three days ago or something, maybe a week ago. Um, it's an article from Career Contessa, and this is like getting kind of real. But the woman who wrote it talked about living with social anxiety, and she kind of shared her experience in living with that since she was a child and all of the things that she's kind of done throughout her life to cope with it. And some of that has included medication. Some of it has included just straight therapy for like a certain amount of time or, or like once a week or something like that. But what I appreciated about this is it was super honest, and I think it's something that more people deal with that don't have a name for it, because if you're, firstly, if you're self-diagnosing, maybe, like, if you're feeling this type of way, talking to someone first is a really good idea, but 
I think that the tools that she she put in the article were really helpful for anybody that feels, even if they're not like at the full-blown diagnoses level, but if you feel like your chest tighten up or you feel like you're having a panic attack in social situations or something like that, like these are definitely things to consider as you're learning how to like step back from those things and learn how to cope with your social anxiety. So the ones that she mentioned that I really identified with, because it's so funny. And she even said, she's like, I'm an extrovert. Like I never thought I would be Mm -hmm. the person with social anxiety. And I was like, I fully identify with that because I identify as an extrovert for the most part. And I love being around people. I love people, but there are moments where like, it's not even too much energy or too many people. It's just certain things start to like pull at me in a way that just makes me kind of fall in on myself. And the anxiety level is definitely triggered by certain things. So some of the things that she talks about is like, check in with yourself and track when you feel a panic attack coming on. So like, what are the signs for when you're starting to feel that like, tunnel vision happen or what like what's happening around you and and having that check-in moment and like no and the other thing she talks about is knowing your triggers and if you can start to step back and identify them even after something has happened then at least you can see them coming the next time so a lot of this is really around like preparation and writing it down she like she talks about she has like a log of all of the panic attacks she's had. So she can kind of identify the situations that she's been in or the people she's been around and stuff like that. Um, she said, catch yourself when trying to overplease others. And I was like, what? <laughs> I think so much of anxiety comes from trying to make sure everyone is happy all the time, which is nearly impossible. And if that's something that you kind of gravitate toward doing on a regular basis, that also comes up with like, you're just, if if anybody's not happy, it's your fault. Or that's at least the way that you feel. You're just like, it's got to be my fault. I did something wrong. And then you just start to kind of spiral out. So I really liked that of, of the catching yourself. I think it's really hard to not do it, but to catch yourself and acknowledge it is super important. Um, She talks about pushing your boundaries, but having an exit plan. So on this bullet, she was talking about how she hates to speak in front of people. She hates being on stage. She hates like networking of any kind. But the pushing of the boundaries has been like working on more panels and moderating more panels for Career Contessa and like having opportunities to push without feeling trapped. And so she's saying like, I had an opportunity to do this, but I had a backup plan if like things started to go wrong. And I think that's really important because you never want to push yourself so far into a corner that you're not growing, but to know your limits on things is also a really big part of getting to know yourself better. Um, So I really like that one. And the last one I loved was using your mental health days. And we technically call them sick days (laughs) in most of the working world. But I think having a real conversation with your supervisors, the people around you, the people you work with, maybe you don't want to share everything, but the people that need to know why you don't have like you're not sniffly when you come in after the day taking a sick day is because you really couldn't you couldn't find a way to function that day and it was because of your anxiety or depression or some mental health um, situation that you had found yourself in or struggle with on a very regular basis i think being able to have those conversations is so important and using the mental health days for what they're intended for which is a break because some people just never get like sick. Like if you don't get cold, you don't get sick. Like 
you never use those sick days, but you might really struggle with like over-pleasing people or anxiety or any of those things. And you really need to take a day sometimes. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that one. But I thought um, the last thing she talked about was around knowing that the process for coping evolves. So nothing will ever work forever. And that one really hit home for me because years ago I was given this one tool to like cope with things when they felt like they were starting to spiral a little out of control. And it was, it was called, um, what is the truth? Like go back to the truth, find the truth. And I love that. And it still works, but I was recently reminded that it doesn't work for everything and it won't work forever. So finding new ways. And that's why I like this article. So I was like, Oh, these are new tools that I have now that I can use as needed. And, and that has really helped kind of open up my mindset around social anxiety and what it means for me personally and what it might mean for someone else that's totally different. So that article, I, it was like inspiring in the way that I was like, oh, you're not alone. Like, oh, these are tools that other people use. And this is something that other people struggle with. And so I just really, I thought it was very important and something that we need to talk more openly about. And we've said this before that it really needs to come up more often to make people feel like they're not they're not abnormal for feeling the way that they're feeling. I agree. I almost put this as my article. Shut up. And then I saw an outline that this was yours. <laughs> <laughs> so you get it. I mean, we know we've talked about this before that that's something that we both have mm-hmm. and and like deal with on a pretty regular basis, but I think what's interesting is we deal with it very differently. Yes. So, I think the thing that really stuck out for me is being able to catch myself when I'm Overpleasing, And I think what was interesting is that she talked about it because she is a content editor. So she's right. writing a lot in her job and how she will overwork herself to like make sure that it's perfect or like edit the continuously edit or like be fearful of handing something in because it's like, is this what they're looking for? Is this what they want? And I feel like those are moments from a from a work standpoint of things that like actually plague people from an anxiety perspective on a day-to-day work standpoint, but not necessarily something that is, like, visually obvious Yeah, from, a, like, their actual... Because, like, you're sitting there and you're like, I'm anxious about handing this project in, but it's, like, it's actually pretty amazing and right. you're doing just fine. It's, like, stop overanalyzing this. And I, I know I can do my own version of that right. a lot. And so it's... You know, I think the catching yourself and the watching, watching for the triggers and understanding like what it is that sets you off, because then you can put yourself in the situations where you know how to set boundaries for yourself Mm -hmm. so that you're not losing it on a regular basis. Right. Because it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And I especially like being able to learn how to be honest with the people who need to know what you're struggling with, especially because hopefully that helps them not just relate to you better, but but know how to work with you Mm -hmm. and how to talk with you and how to kind of attack work projects or personal projects or whatever it is. Like the better someone knows how you operate as a person, the more like the better off you all will be with the end result, which is fantastic work all the time. So I think that that was really important and it kind of stemmed from like the using your mental health days a lot of us have to like tell someone when we're not going to (laughs) be in the office right (laughs) so instead of like feeling 
anxious about feeling like you're lying when you really feel like you need a day is, um, and it goes back to somebody posted this and I can't even remember who it was or what company it was, but they had, I think, texted their boss saying like, I'm not going to be in today. I'm struggling with mental health and the, or it was an email and he had emailed her back and said, take all the time you need. I totally understand. And she shared it on Twitter because Mm -hmm. she was like, this needs to happen more often. Like this needs to be the norm for supervisors and bosses and whoever for that understanding and knowing that this is a real thing. This isn't just like a made up thing to just like not go to work some days. Right. And I think that I too, I'm a huge advocate for a mental health day. Because if you're struggling from an anxiety standpoint, it's important for you to take that day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one thing that I've learned is to like fit that in. I think the harder thing is to know how to have that conversation. Yeah. So I think that's still something that I'm continuously exploring of like, how do I explain what's actually happening right now so that I don't sound like I'm not a good employee or right. I'm not a good friend or girlfriend or whatever. Right. Um, and kind of like talking through what that process of that anxious feeling is and then knowing how to either like walk yourself out of it mm-hmm. or who who are the right people to talk to to get to that point. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. But yeah. I think that this is like the fact that she shared this and wrote it in this way and kind of going at it from more of like a this is what happened this is how I deal with this and I'm actually you know a pretty successful put together individual <laughs> <laughs> so it means like anybody can deal with this and yes. anybody can can go through these things and she's also she was a huge advocate for therapy she talked about the uh, medications that she's been on in the past and I thought that the advocation for therapy was super important because I think there's still the stigma around it and and people think there's something wrong if you need to go talk to someone and thankfully no one I hang out with thinks that way but um, it is still such a real thing that people feel is nervousness around talking to someone about how you're feeling because a lot of people don't even know where to start not just like who to talk to but also how to talk to them Mm -hmm. and is there anything really wrong with me and and all of those things? And so I also am a huge advocate for therapy. I think it's incredible. And where I got the first tool I was able to use was in therapy. And it has since served me well. It's just time to uh, add to the toolbox. I love it. So that was I think we all need to add to our toolbox. (laughs) It's very important. It is. I love that. Um, That will be in the show notes. Queens. Yes, ma'am. All right. Give it to me straight, Sid. What are we talking about? Okay. So today we're switching things up a little bit. So I'm excited to talk about this today. I feel like I say that every episode is that I'm excited to talk about this today (laughs) because I I am. I love your excitement around (laughs) what we do. My favorite thing that anybody has ever said to me ever is when I have said to them, I'm like, I am so excited. And they said back to me, I'm so excited that you're so excited. (laughs) And it always makes my heart just feel so warm. <laughs> it's just the best. So you're like, this is the best topic yet. <laughs> just keep them coming. So we thought as a way to change things up today was to talk a little bit about, um, oh, we were calling it what to do with an idea mm-hmm. based on, I want to say it's my favorite book, although it's not like a scholarly novel or anything like that. But I think it is one of my favorite books. And So What to Do with an Idea is a book that I found a few years ago, and it was, it's a children's book, firstly, but 
the reason we're calling it What to Do with an Idea is what we're going to get into today is how we decided to start this podcast and what our setbacks were and how we got here and what we talk about on a regular basis and how we plan things. Um, Just because it's been a year since we started doing all this stuff. And I think stepping back and really recognizing like why we chose everything that we've chosen up to this point is a really exciting conversation because it helps us reflect but hopefully for anybody that's building something to like ask yourself some of these questions will help you build your own version of what is success to you and Mm -hmm. what you're excited to like get a move on yeah I think it's always important to figure out like how to get to that point where you're letting that idea grow and what ideas to even nurture Mm -hmm. and like the process that it takes and allowing yourself to continue that process of like what's next and how do I keep this going and being flexible and different iterations of things and just like it's something that I don't think people talk about enough but at the same time talk about in a sense of like I'm already super successful and let me tell you the story of 20, 30 years ago. Right. And we're like, it's been a year. Let's talk about what this has been like. Because <laughs> it's been a lot of like, it's not even been like up and down. It's been like a lot of side to side. So there's been like a bob and weave motion mm-hmm. and like a figuring it out, like a start stop and a like an evaluate Pivot. and start again. <laughs> Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> you know we're going to me- use that meme for <laughs> the social for this. For sure. For sure. But so I was also actually wrong it's called the book is called what do you do with an idea and it's by kobe yamada and some of the pieces of the book is and i've gotten this for a few friends for their newborns which this is not a newborn book let me just say that i think it's a fun book to read to a newborn but once they get into like their learning to read stage this probably gets put on hold until they're like five I don't know. I think you should literally read these books over and over until they have it, <laughs> it memorized. Burned like, into their brains. Like I had with Goodnight Moon. Yes. Oh, yeah. And My Dad the Magnificent was another one that I loved. Aww. It was good. So what the kind of the premise, the short premise of the book is that the idea is kind of put in a physical form. And that's the first thing I really loved about it is that in the book, an idea is like an egg. <laughs> it looks like an egg with like a crown. And cute. I thought it was just, I thought it was great to to give physicality to a thing that we never give physicality toward. And I loved that throughout the book, this little boy is like kind of running away from this egg and it looks a little scary, but the more he ran away from it, like the angrier the egg got and like the more like starved for attention the egg became. And it was just like, it was, it was getting to a point where it was like stormy clouds and the whole thing. And we're just like, this is intense. But then as soon as the little boy gave the egg some attention and some nurturing and like and and just paid some attention to the egg everything like sun sun came out and like it became more comfort and a source of comfort and happiness and i thought that that was just a really great message because it's like oh if you just pay attention to the thing at least to figure out what it is and like flesh it out a little bit then then you know you'll be better off for it because you know the egg as the idea got the comfort it needed but the little boy got the comfort that he needed and he was wasn't this big scary thing that was just like chasing him everywhere it was a thing that he could recognize and give attention to and i just love that book i think i've bought it four times or five times at this point for every person that's ever had a baby in sid's life yeah you probably have this on your shelf (laughs) if you haven't received it yet and you have a child let me know (laughs) sid will send it i will send it (laughs) 
I love that so much. And I think that this is the thing about the world that we live in is that it's so easy for us to be like, well, I have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do this thing that I think about all the time. But it's like, give it a little love. See what happens. This became our side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing is like, it's uncomfortable at first. I think about the little boy like hugging this egg, like that can't be super comfortable. (laughs) So it's like, you have to be a little uncomfortable in the process of figuring out what it is that's been like brewing inside your head for so long. And if you stop at when it first feels uncomfortable, then you never get to see the value and what it might be on the other side. Oh, yeah. Of the uncomfort. You got to live in the discomfort for a little bit because that's how you're going to (laughs) grow. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So are we ready to speak it, Queens? Heck yes. Yes. Want me to go first? I'd love for you to go first. (laughs) I'll kick it off. (gasps) Who's speaking it first? You kick it off. Um, I think that there are so many different ways that this can come into play for people. And it, it can come in its form of like you creating your business or what you're doing in your home with like a redesign or remodel and the vision that you have for that. Um, or in the office when you're defining the specific projects that you're working on and kind of creating things on a day-to-day basis. Um, But if you are that kind of person that is the idea creator or someone who wants to pursue that passion, I think it's important to write everything down because that's something that you can continue to explore and navigate and at least you have a booklet or like some kind of resource what it might be like in your notes app of like things I think about from time to time or what I dreamt about last night Um, because those are things that like if you kind of let it brew in your head a little bit and give it time to form into something like plant that seed Mm -hmm. so to speak those are the things like once you get to the point where it's something kind of sticks that's when you know to explore it a little bit more, give it the time and attention that it needs. Um, And maybe it's something that you want to put your time and energy toward because it's something that you're like, hey, I need a break from the day to day and want to be inspired. And here's this idea that I have. And this is the thing that's going to like light me up every day and make me feel like I'm, you know, living my best life. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing to remember is it doesn't have to be like a full blown you know, for us, it is this podcast, and we're super excited about this, but it doesn't always have to be something like that. So like exactly what you say about finding the thing that lights you up, and then like pursuing it a little bit at a time and Mm -hmm. figuring out like what avenue you want to take with it. And thinking about like, when I first started thinking about Queen Speaking, it was something entirely different from what it is right now. But it was that spark of like, I got to do something Mm -hmm. like something is here. Let me figure it out. And I have like three notebooks of just like ideas. And I was trying to make queen an acronym and that wasn't working. (laughs) And like just trying to like flesh it out. And then when we eventually kind of came together for this idea, thanks, Tanvi, for kicking that off. But it, it then took real shape. But it I had to start somewhere. And I didn't want the idea to die. <laughs> right. And you were such a huge motivator for in keeping the name and, and, and but pivoting, pivot, pivoting <laughs> like what what we were doing and why we were doing it and giving it the structure. Like this is our dynamic, though, is like 
idea structure and then working together to like mold it into a thing that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what really needed to happen with the original idea. And then for what it became for the both of us together as a team was was just the mishmash of structure that I was completely not having at yeah. that time. <laughs> I think it's also important to acknowledge that like timing is everything. Yeah. Because you and I both know like you had your element of like it started out as notes and figuring out like how do I use queen in the right way. <laughs> yeah. And then f- from my end, I've always had in the back of my mind that there was this need to create something or build something that was my own. Um and I I love cuz when I started thinking about this and like how it became a podcast, mm-hmm. I it was funny to think back to the the old days and like what I had thought about so many different times that didn't become a thing so many different things and it was like oh maybe like when blogging was huge like right when I was like in the post-college days I was like maybe I'll do a blog like this could totally be a thing and then it didn't happen um I also thought about um making tumblr started being Mm -hmm. like the platform to do stuff and that like kind of took another level of an element of me sharing things where I was like a little bit of recipe development and like cooking related type posts that kind of came up on a regular basis. And then I realized that I didn't, you know, wasn't really consistent about it. And I also really worried about copyright around like recipes (laughs) because I was still super inspired by other people and wasn't necessarily creating anything on my own because I didn't know what the hell I was doing in in the kitchen still. (laughs) Yeah. Now you do. (laughs) So it kind of continued too, where like a friend of mine told me that I would own my own business. Mm -hmm. And then another friend told me that I should start a YouTube channel. And like all these things kind of just existed in the back of my mind. But I was like, none of these are the thing. Mm -hmm. What is going to be the thing? And it was like that combination of like a lack of experience. And then when we ended up sitting down and like just naturally had this conversation of like, well, we share things together all the time. And like, what if we did do a podcast? And what if this idea is actually like a real thing? Yeah. And I think it was just really interesting to know that there's like a moment where it just sets into place and you're Mm -hmm. like, this is it. Yeah. And it does. It clicks. And that's kind of the thing. The things that I was talking about is like when all of those pieces came together in, in it, it, like it, timing has to be a huge part of this, right? So, like, I agree. I tried to start the blog. I had a blog called People Behind the Places, which I loved. I and I loved it too. But the consistency, like, once I fell off, it was really, really difficult to even begin to get back on. And I was so excited to interview different restaurant owners around town, different jewelry makers, like people that I know now, or because I had talked to them for that blog. And it was such a great outlet for me, but the consistency was just not there at a certain point. And I think there was also this moment of like, is anybody even reading this? Like, if nobody's reading it, I don't care. And I've walked away. But I think, like, having the right outlet is so important. And right now, obviously, podcasting has been a thing for some time now. But I think for us, it just became more accessible and more consistent than anything else. But also the partner, like I needed, I needed a good partner. Like I tried to do that blog on my own and no one was back there being like, have you posted yet? Like you didn't post this week. You should probably post again. (laughs) I was like, nobody's telling me what to do. I'm not doing it. But I think for something like this, like we, 
are accountable to each other in so many ways that like it just keeps going for that reason in addition to the fact that we really love doing it. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing too is that it was a natural fit. It's like play to your strengths. Yeah, totally. (laughs) for both of us, like this was a kind of thing that this was like the foundation of our relationship as friends where it was like, yeah, we'd have our fun times and like hang out with all of our other girlfriends. But then when we had our one-on-ones, it was like, hey, I'm dealing with this really tough issue. Like we kind of knew off the bat that like we could rely on each other being in kind of similarly backgrounded degrees. Like I definitely had more PR responsibilities in my early days than you did too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of leaned on each other as like, hey, I don't know how to handle this thing. Do you know how to handle this thing? Right. And then it just quickly evolved into like everything that we talk about on this podcast. And it was like us as friends talking about this and this personal and professional development. And we were like, these conversations are great. Right. How do we make this real for the rest of the world. Right. And I think there was, like, a trust, too. Like, when we met, what, like, six years ago now, it was kind of an instant, like, just, we just clicked well. And I think it was because we trusted each other very quickly. And, like, as our relationship got closer, like, that trust just continued to grow. And I think in a friendship, as with anything you're doing with a partner, the tr- if the trust isn't there, then you don't have much because you need to know that like if you have a bad day or something goes wrong or like anything happens good or bad that person's still going to be on your team and still want to talk to you the next day Mm -hmm. and that happens when there is trust in the relationship and I think our conversations really like fostered trust because we told each other a lot of the things that we struggle with a lot of things that we are going through all of our highs and our lows and stuff that you don't just say to everybody mm-hmm. maybe some people do i don't i don't think you do either but no nope. <laughs> super private yeah so it was it was like we were having these conversations because we trust each other and then to see how often we started having them and leaning on each other and asking for advice and sending each other articles all the time and just like having these hours long conversation about this stuff. It was like, maybe this is something because I think for the same reason, the blogging thing didn't work out for us. Like talking is something that comes pretty easily (laughs) to us. (laughs) And like, I think that's one of the things that worked best for me personally when we were talking about the podcast. Like, why did we choose a podcast and not like a YouTube channel? Because realistically, that could have been the same thing. But this just felt like a more comfortable medium. But we get to talk. We don't have to write and rewrite and edit and figure it out. But we get to truly be ourselves. And we don't have to write in our voice. We just get to use our voices. Exactly. And I think that it was something that allowed us to, like, take those conversations to the next level. Mm -hmm. Like, those were casual and friendly and helpful and all of those things. But then the podcast allows us to be more reasonable researched more refined yeah we're actually taking the time to like additionally benefit ourselves by doing research behind what it is that we're talking about and i feel like both of us have this tendency to constantly seek information and Mm. be curious and learn and want to grow yeah and this is just like instead of it being like you and me sharing articles back and forth we're like hey world (laughs) we're sharing articles with you (laughs) but i think like we never we never got to put like our own spin on what we were reading too Mm -hmm. and i think that there are a lot of people having these conversations 
but like there's nowhere to go to like talk to maybe other people about what they're learning or what they're thinking about, what they're trying to grow to be or anything like that. And you're right, like helping to really drill into a topic and do good research from, you know, what I consider good research. Maybe not, you know, a scholarly person would consider good research. Nope, we're not creating a bibliography, and that's <laughs> totally fine, but we've linked to our sources in our show notes. So, so we do credit and give reference to, mm-hmm. but it's the kind of conversation I've always wanted to have, and I think there was this also, like you said earlier, like this need to create and share that all of those things coming together in addition to the partner and the timing is what makes makes this go and what makes it move forward. Yeah. And I keep hearing, like I even mentioned it when we talked on our uh, last week's episode about um, Maria Shriver's mm-hmm. on being episode and how she's like, women need to share their experiences more so that we can be like on a level playing field of like, hey, my life isn't fully together, but here's how I went through this and here's advice that I can provide to you because you know, perspective. Right, right. Everybody needs that. And so I think there's an opportunity for us to have these shared experiences and open up a communication platform where women are actually now talking about the things that are impacting their lives and being honest about what they're going through. So it's not like we're going through this stuff and hidden behind closed doors or like feeling like we're alone in these experiences. Um, We're living it together and we're talking to each other. And I think the real, like the real connection, I think that's especially now today in this age, people want that connection and to like feel like they're not drowning in this terrible world that exists outside of our four walls. (laughs) That we're constantly scary. reminded of. It's really scary. All the time. <laughs> um, but I think additionally, like, it makes sense for us to launch a blog because it's 20, <laughs> I mean, launch a, launch a podcast. It's because like we're not launching a blog. 2018. So yeah. podcasts are super hot right now. And yes. so we were like, what's, like, why would we go and start a Facebook group? That's right. not it's where not people really work. are living. People are abandoning the ship yes and this is a ship that they're coming to (laughs) yes absolutely and i think like people are looking for different ways to take in information because like don't for both of us don't get us wrong like blogs we still kind of like really i think dive into fully that's where a lot of some of our conversation comes from is what we're reading on different people's blogs but we also knew that like for us going to a blog was just never going to work for us so i think being realistic about what our strengths were was not going to be like let's try and like put a writing sample together every week or every day and here's the thing both of us are actually pretty good writers yeah and so if we <laughs> well do, i like to think so if yeah. we do if we do get to the, that point where like we want to put some things into written form we have the platform to do that and mm-hmm. we have the ability to do that within the structure of how we've created this podcast right so it's all part of the growth plan but podcasting focus number one yeah yeah and that's what we decided very early on which leads us to our setbacks that we experienced like most people do and uh so we wanted to get into a little bit about like what i guess the expectation was what kind of like hit us over the head with reality and how we kind of got through those uncomfortable moments a little bit so i don't know if you want to I'll kick it off for us (laughs) because we both have them, but (laughs) because I think that there are a lot of things that come into play just first and foremost, I think just the time, Mm -hmm. just time period. That's it. I knew that there was going to be, I'm a very disciplined and plan focused individual, 
but the actual process of creating this took like six months before from like idea to launch of the first episode yeah so that was even a learning experience and like the process that we went through to figure that out i think i tend to overestimate how much time i have available to me and then get really stressed out when i feel rushed so as like brianna setting boundaries for herself (laughs) i tend to create structure around time and like hey, here's what I know can reasonably be done because it's my way of, like, setting accurate expectations. But I think from the beginning, it was a huge undertaking just to create each episode each week. And if you pair that with an average of 50-hour work week, which was the day-to-day, which Mm -hmm. is the day-to-day still to this point, and then you know, Sid decided that she was going to go get her master's. No big deal. Both of us are, like, hustling super hard on our day-to-day from, a like, we have careers outside of this. This is a full-on side hustle. And so from that standpoint, I really had to reset my expectations because it was very important for this not to become a burden Mm -hmm. and more of like this is a fun output for us to do these things and share these experiences and have it be this enjoyable thing but also like make sure that we were 100% on board with what we were doing yeah and I think it did require us to sit down and talk about what our priorities were and set those real expectations and then figure out like what are our growth opportunities right And then thinking about it from, like, baby steps lead to toddler steps. And both of us definitely have this, like, we could be great tomorrow. Yeah. And the reality is you have to work, and it's slow growth, and it's slow but smart. Right. And I think that that's, like, the approach that we're taking. But the biggest thing for me was just, like, whoa, this is a lot of time and energy that I expected, but, like didn't really understand how it would actually like create itself in actuality. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that the expectations thing is, it's weird to say an expectation is a setback, but it really was, I think for this, because having to get for me, my expectation was, I I have a tendency to dream really big, really fast. And that's why we love you. Yeah. (laughs) I am like, I am like around the world before we've taken the first step And I think that that, like you said, it's a strength, but it's also a huge weakness because I don't anticipate the steps that need to happen in between because I'm already like when we're walking the red carpet based on this phenomenal interview we've had with Oprah, like like I'm just like, that's where I live. And I think there's part of me that has always been like, this is, this is what I want to achieve. Like, these are the things that I want to achieve and all of these things. But I never had the opportunity to do the work before. Like, I think it's really hard to um, sometimes reflect on what you've already accomplished. Like, when you're in college or you've gone through some kind of certification or anything like that, like, all you're thinking about is the day you graduated mm-hmm. and then you're on to the next step. You're not thinking about okay, I did four years worth of work and commitment and relationship building over the last four to six years, probably longer if you're in school for longer. And you don't think about that. You just think about the next step. And so I think for me, my expectation was like, we're going to launch, we're going to be there, and we're going to do it. And it's going to, we're just going to fly off into the sunset. And I think 
coming back down to earth has really helped me like check those expectations and understand like dreaming big is not a bad thing, but being realistic about what has to happen in between like square one and square Oprah is like, (laughs) there's some things in there. Like (laughs) there's some stuff that needs to get done. So I think the setback was like really more mental for me to have to really like gauge are you right and like are you really like how in this are you if you're not going to be at oprah on day two like where where is your commitment level if it's going to take baby steps like we're still at baby steps you know like and realizing those things was really hard for me at first because i was like i like i would love a second income (laughs) that would be really nice so like let's figure out how to make this a second income but being realistic about like all of the things that it takes to make money off of something like this while also doing a really good job and still loving it and not turning into like just hating it just to make money at it. Like all of those things really have to come into play when you're considering all of those pieces. So I was like, I want to continue to love this and I want to work at it and I want to work with Brianna on this. And so taking a step back and being like, baby steps are where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't know if anybody's ever said this, but Oprah can wait. She can. She will. (laughs) Someday. We'll be our own Oprah. (laughs) Oprah one, Oprah two. Uh, The next coming of Oprah. (laughs) And I think even listening to both of what we listed as our setbacks shows a little bit about, like, how we both checked each other a little bit. Yeah. Where, like, you were like, I have this vision, and I was like, I can support this. And I help kind of give you an outline of, like, what it is going to take. I think we did check each other where it was like, Sid... Hey, we're not going to make money off of this for a while. And that's so, and that was so much harder to like internalize than I think I was ready for. Because when you're putting any, any, any considerable amount of effort into anything, where was this quote that I read when I was in college? So I was like, this has to be true. Was like, if you're good enough at something, like you should be paid to do it. And I was like, well, firstly, I'm not good at this yet. So so there was like, there was the thinking that like, I deserve that. And I think that there needs to just be this moment of like, super realistic. And that's exactly what you were was like, we're we are at like, negative increments here. Like just starting was what we wanted to achieve. We've invested money into this. We have. There's that's another piece of this or anything. I'm sure other people that have started things know like that money is coming from your pocket or thank you to the people that have loaned and <laughs> let us borrow things. But I just I think that was my biggest setback was my mental was so far ahead of what my capability was mm-hmm. at that time. But I don't want that to mean that anybody or like tell myself that that doesn't mean that you should have huge ginormous huge, huge, huge dreams. But to know every step it takes to make that dream happen is a step to make that dream happen. It's not just going to happen. And that's exactly why we're we're a partnership in this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It takes time. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about was the difference that the daily thoughts versus like the larger strategy and the vision for what this podcast is and what those two things look like, like literally day to day, and then how we check in for the the larger strategy. Yeah, one of the things that is important for the two of us is having outlines and planning and process for um, each episode itself. And on a monthly basis, we're setting 
expectations of like, here's how long it's going to take. I think even just the amount of time that it takes for us to record, it has turned into like, let's just block one hour of time to like, okay, that's like, let's unreal. Yeah. It's two hours. (laughs) Cause we spent Um, some time catching up first. (laughs) So for sure the, just the focus on making the podcast each week is priority number one. Yeah. And that's the core of our vision. And that's the purpose of what we're doing. And I think something that I'm trying to incorporate within that scope of like, here's what we planned together is also more of a personal planning time, something that um, allows me to think about the process, other ideas that we can think about, whether it relates to social media or um, just being able to like investigate more of the themes and topics that we talk about and Mm -hmm. things we haven't talked about yet, because I think it gets pretty easy to like get into a flow and you're like, okay, idea, episode, outline you get on like a loop in a way yeah and i want us to like keep that creativity fresh so that we can um kind of continue to do what we're doing and enhance it and grow it because i think just the the act of in the last year getting accustomed to the time commitment that it is yeah and then figuring out okay where can i add one more hour in to give myself some of this free space to do my own in like own version of planning or like maybe that planning is stuff that we talk about on our quarterly goals basis right I think that's like one of the things that I learned in this process of like kind of transitioning well obviously keeping the friendship that we have but also like priority (laughs) actual priority number one is the friendship but then also like making the plan for the meetings like you don't usually like have meetings with your friends you like hang out but when we do the not just the recording session but when we're figuring out the month the next month of like content and what we're going to be talking about and all those things like you kind of switch gears to be like okay we really need to focus on what are our goals and how do we think we're going to make them happen um i think I'm still working on both of these because like knowing that I'm a list based person, if I don't plan ahead in in at least through my calendar to figure out how I'm going to prep for the episode, but also like, what am I doing to contribute to the larger vision? And like, how am I kind of daydreaming a little bit, but then putting notes to those daydreams of how to make those things happen, having the list situation happen for both the short term and the long term helps me stay ahead of it and not have it feel overwhelming at any point. So I think that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, I love that we have broken it out into quarterly meetings to assess our goals and vision because it keeps us in check of like, where are you at? How do you feel about this? Are you still in this? Because that's not necessarily something that we're like, we've got to get some stuff done. So right, Right, exactly. (laughs) That That gives us the opportunity to really navigate some of those like, big dreams that you and I like to invest our time in and then say that's where I like come in with the check of like here's what's realistic in the next three months right and I think I always forget like what a quarter actually is and like how fast it really goes so I feel like even you know as we progress in this we'll start to think about okay what's our goal for 2019 like what are we trying to accomplish in 2019 because when we think about the quarterly goal those are things that like how are we tweaking how what's working what's not working how are we adjusting and obviously like the monthly is mostly just content but i think when we are able to kind of advance i guess in a way in quotes to like the yearly planning is when like i'll we'll be able to really like 
figure out what those dreams look like and how we're going to make them happen. But right now, like for me, the long term really is like on the quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's okay. I think giving yourself a pass to realize like exactly where you're at and knowing that that's okay to be there, especially when you're working with a team. Like you said, like we have to check in with each other. We don't have kind of maybe what other people who do this solo have of like they're doing their own thing all the time. But I also love that about why we do this and how we do this is that it is a team and we get to check in with each other and make sure we're still on the same page. Yeah, I totally agree that that's something that helps us be realistic about where we're at. And also when you're in the beginning and doing something on the side, I can't treat this the way that I would treat my job. Right, right. And I think that was like... That was pretty eye-opening. I get Well, and it really... I mean, that sounds like naive, but it really was. Because I'm like, I've got... You know, we talked in, I think, the time management episode about, like, this is how many hours you have when you're not sleeping and you're not at work. Like, what are you doing with them? And I'm like, well, I'm doing a lot with them. (laughs) But, like, it's still not enough to, like move mountains, but like the mountains that we are moving are moving us in the direction that we want to be going in. So I think like not even checking the expectation, but like giving yourself like not even a pass, but a, a, a moment to breathe and understand that you are moving forward. I think, again, the listing and the meetings and the thing that we're doing to like put ideas in place is just as valuable as actually accomplishing those things. Yeah. Because that takes so much time. <laughs> I that I think the hardest thing is that I see so much potential in both of what you visualize for us and what I can create or know I'm capable of creating but then having to like I feel frustrated because I'm like I don't actually have time to do this thing right and that's upsetting but it's like what are you here for what are their goals thinking back to like what are the priorities we set for our own personal lives and how we want to treat this so that we don't destroy our friendship. Right. <laughs> that was important from the beginning. <laughs> I, it's it's necessary, um, but also like making sure that we're putting the best foot forward. So the planning side of things is really like my comfort zone. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to exploring more in the next few months. And then again, because we have a variety of different levels of goals from different standpoints of a quarterly, monthly, and weekly standpoint that helps us give that necessary structure as we start to build the vision and the podcast and the content plan that we have in place. And I think the one thing that really we're working on is trying to figure out how to like make that social media platform kick it up a notch. That is so much harder than I ever anticipated that it would be. I've never done social media. Uh, well, that's not true. I did social media for work for like two minutes at another location. And it was not, I was tasked with it because of my age. And um, <laughs> I didn't have like the arsenal of kind of knowledge around why social media is so important, what it does for your business and your brand and all of those things. I didn't have that. I kind of was just kind of winging it. And for a little while that worked, like winging it was okay. (laughs) But now I'm realizing why I really keeping up with social media has been much more difficult than I imagined it would be. And I think this came up at a becoming boss that I was at. I think you might've been there too, where it's like, how important is social media? And it's like, That's not the question. It's not how important is it because social media will always be important to connect with your audience in a certain type of way. I think it's 
how much are you capable of putting into it? And Mm -hmm. like, how intentional are you being with it? Because if you're just throwing stuff up, then like that might not be the strategy that's going to help you build your business or your brand. But if you're intentional, but you're only posting every so often, maybe that's just what you can do right now. So I think that's been my struggle is really figuring out like what place social media has for us and with the podcast. And it has a very prominent place. It's still figuring out like from that daily task list of like how to prioritize it in addition to having other things on your plate. Yeah, and that's where the priorities come into place of like, what is it that you're ultimately doing? How are you delivering that message to your audience? And if it does happen to be like, pick one platform, one social media platform that works for you and just focus on that one thing and put your energy there. And even to be completely upfront and honest, like Sid and I were just like, let's focus on actually being consistent with podcast episodes because that was like... That in and of itself was like, this is something that we're not accustomed to, so let's think about this realistically. And then adding the social media piece into it because of how, because it's something that I do on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. for work, and so to have to do it for my career every day, and then have my personal stuff and then now another one i've never had three to juggle right that's a lot and that's a lot and it's it was different and i didn't expect it to be as overwhelming as it ended up being and i think that was something that's like okay i now understand this let's set the stage for like what we need to plan for and prepare for and these are the kind of things like you're going to get hit with unexpected things and then you have to go and say instead of just being like I'm abandoning everything it's like what is it that we can do to make this doable for both of us right and have that conversation again because this is a partnership we have the ability to say here's what you're responsible for I need you to help with this I need to think about this in a different way or this is just not something I can put time and energy into right now and right what comes next. And I think that's where like on the partnership front, if you're working with someone like not taking anything personally (laughs) is super important. And also just acknowledging there needs to be an open line of communication always. And that's what this is. That's what it has to continue to be. Because if you're like, I can't, I can't do all of these things at once. I'm like, she's yelling at me. And it's like, no, she's telling you she needs help in her way. (laughs) And I, I think that that's been like all also the learning curve a little bit is like I work I've worked only ever with teams. I've never done solo anything. So it's not working with a team or on a team. It is working with one of my best friends and learning how to communicate differently than we've ever really had to communicate before. So it's been actually really fun and exciting to learn how to do this together mm-hmm. in a way that's going to work for both of us. But also, like again, with that trust and that communication really coming into play when things like start to snag a little bit and mm-hmm. having to pivot, pivot, and like turn and make changes like those things and it's really the social media piece has been like our consistent conversation around how are we doing this should we shift are we doing this okay checking in with each other and making sure that like we're consistently on the same page about the needs mostly because you're the good 
social media person, like checking in what your needs are. Cause I'm just like, I can, I can do it. Like, let me help. I can help. But then and it's following through and then yeah. it's following through because on my end, I'm like, I don't love social media, but like staying up with it because it'll help you do what you do better. And knowing that this is an equal 50, 50, like means that I get to do things that I don't always love to do, which sometimes is social media, but I can recognize the greater good for what it's doing for us. Mm-hmm. And that leads greatly into the next section on how do we stay motivated? Yes. So I like there is just so much I feel like that has helped with this. And I think, you know, the reason we started this is the reason I stay motivated Mm -hmm. is because even thinking about social media and how it's a grind sometimes is like the end of the list of reasons to not do it anymore. (laughs) Like, like, that's not what's going to make me quit. And I think, like, just knowing that the reason we started this was for our creative outlet, for kind of to expand on what we've always done together and make sure that we're continuously learning and learning from each other and learning from, like, the people and places around us has has been just super inspiring. And that's what I love every week and getting to record is to like fully dive into a topic and talk about it with one of my favorite people. Mm, love you. Love you. Um, I agree with you 100%. I feel like every time I prep for an episode, I'm just in one small way making myself a better human in this world. Yeah. And I'm learning something that's actually going to help me. And it's not just like, oh, I read, you know, an article and like, cool. I actually think about things and I write about, and I think that that's something that I didn't necessarily do as much until this, but I I always had the want to do it in a capacity, but I was like, I don't have time for this. And now I'm forcing myself to make time for this because it's something that I actually care about. Yeah. And that's where like that idea nurturing comes into play is like, what is it that sticks? How do you continue to nurture it? And what is it that you're doing that makes you feel so connected to this that it doesn't feel like work. It's like, this is just making me better as a person. Right. And I think the fact that we're also sharing this knowledge with the rest of the world is really empowering. And I imagine in this moment that I'm like, because when we're having the conversation, it's like, we're having this conversation. I'm not necessarily thinking about how many people are actually listening. Mm-hmm. But then when, like, I think about it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've hit the record button and we're going to we're gonna post this and it's going to be live. Yeah. That's such a cool thing to know that there are, like, thousands of people out there that are like, what's up? We love the queens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, like, and to your point, like, it's very empowering. I think we've both found our voice a little bit in this more mm-hmm. than maybe we, and or at least that I anticipated. You same. too. Yep, same. But, like, it's empowering to find your voice in a way that you're not just, like, talking flatly about a topic, but you're taking an opinion on a thing. And I think that's kind of a radical thing to do sometimes is in even though like what we talk about, I think is super important and very helpful to both us and a lot of other people, I think to have a stance and learn how to use your voice and learn that your voice matters, even if you're the only one who hears it is so important. And I think that's one of the things that has motivated me through this is that like, we get to share with everybody who listens, but we also get to share with each other and use a different part of who we are, Mm -hmm. at least if not more than once a week. And that's really exciting. Yeah. 
So I think the other thing is the support from the community has been absolutely huge. I don't think like we, I, every time that we see a download or anything like that, or people talk about it, or we get a shout out of any kind, like the support from the community is just, it like gives you the light to know like, okay, another baby step made a difference. Another baby step affected something or someone or whatever it is. But I am so thankful for the way that our community here where we live has been huge, but also from the people that are listening in other places and have just given us our little nuggets of like motivation that really, really, really help has just like been the best. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that when we say thank you, it's like from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. We're like, you listen? Oh my God, <laughs> I'm so <up>. excited. <laughs> we really do. It's one of those things that like for us, the important foundation of what we're doing is we want to inspire you. And so when we know that we've done that, it's like, well, hell, <laughs> we <do>. love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so wonderful to get feedback and just hear from people about what some some what some something someone has done because we've told them that this is you know a thing that we've dealt with and how it's inspired them or like how they relate to the topic just in general or just like hey I'm listening yeah yeah <laughs> it's like just that means so much and just like my <laughs> the a friend of mine said that her husband caught the tail end of one of them because she is like a super consistent listener, which I so appreciate. We so appreciate. But he, she was like, and he laughed and he thought it was funny. He was like, shut up. No way. <laughs> and it's just like the, and not that that's the thing, but it's just like being able to share what we're talking about with anybody and, and know that people are getting some kind of joy from it is just really, really it lights my heart on fire a little bit. Yeah, so please send us more. We really love it. <laughs> and like, and honestly, the thank you could never be big enough because so true. It matters so much, so much more than people. I feel like I'm giving like my Oscar speech that impending that when Oprah hands me my Oscar mm-hmm. and then I give her the cheek kiss that I will not mess up and then I get to step back and give my thank you like that's where I'm at right now yeah so beautiful (laughs) that's my vision (laughs) I'm giving everyone a giant hug that that works too um I think you know staying consistent has been a big motivator now that like like more now than it was maybe in the beginning for the same reason like I quit my first blog like <laughs> like now you're like I'm committed and that is just continuously a motivator for me personally and I think for you as well I'm never gonna let you quit this thing okay unless it like literally blows up and it's terrible but the level of discipline that I have <laughs> it's true is so strong that this train's moving. We're going, and I'm keeping the fire. Like and that, that helps. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this going no matter what because, th- like, the fact that that's like how it kind of started too is like you were like I started this thing and I was like that's so true. To it, that's crazy. And then we created the podcast out of it because I was like I'm gonna continue this. When we first started talking, it was like I wasn't necessarily gonna have a, a voice in it. I was like I'll just be the one to like from the behind the, the scenes the motivator. And then it was like okay, it needs to be the both of us. But you're right, yeah. That is the secondary motivation is that we are each other's 
accountability accountability partner absolutely i think every (laughs) i wrote this down because i need it in my life but accountability partners are in every aspect and area of my life i've talked about my faux accountant a thousand times chelsea she is fully my accountability partner when it comes to like my spending habits my budgeting whatever it is and i need i need that person like i'm very well aware that i need the accountability partner so to have you as my accountability partner in something that I'm really excited about and want to keep doing. I know that I need someone sometimes to just kind of like drag me up a little bit and say like, we're, we're still moving forward. We've still got this, but you are like one, you are my biggest motivator in this project and this thing that we both love so much because you're going to make me cry. I need, I need, I need a partner. <laughs> I am definitely like, I, what is that? Codependent. I'm codependent. Same. <laughs> So, so having you as the person who is the structure and the, the, the push to keep going and the discipline is, and those are all really good things. And <laughs> <laughs> I know they don't sound as fun as they are. It can sometimes come off as a negative, but. But I think they, those things bring you joy and they also like make this thing go. So mm-hmm. I think that like that has been, and you have been like the biggest motivator to like because we need to show up for each other every mm-hmm. week, every day, every moment. And that's why this works. Yeah. I never imagined anything that I did without there being a partner in action. Mm-hmm. And I think what I love about this, too, is that for a really long time, maybe like halfway through our friendship thus far, we were like, we need to do a project together, but I don't know what it is. And, and then I, like, leave it on the back burner. <laughs> Just leave the idea back there for a while. Let it heat up. We let it brew. But I think that... I recognized that I knew that I would need a support person and someone to kind of counterbalance. Like I knew that I have these desires to lean on other people's strengths because I, I, I know and recognize that I don't bring everything to the table. And I think that that's an important quality to have yeah. when you are building something is that you need to know that you're not literally like running everything. the show yeah. and every piece of the business. You're, and if you do that for a while... I'm so proud of you for doing that for as long as you can because I recognized immediately that I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. But I think that's also because I'm like, I don't have balance. And if I don't have balance, I'm off the, my roster. <laughs> <laughs> and so to have you as part of this project, like the minute that you talk about things, I'm like, I just latch on. I am gravitated toward everything that you do. And it's just one of those things that's like, I'm inspired. I want to do this. I'm motivated. You've motivated me now. And so it's like this continuous, like you and I both, like the minute that one of us is like, uh, the other one is there to like pull us back up. And I think additionally, from the standpoint of what we both provide also helps us kind of continually create this great process of you handle vision and, you know, the relationship builder and both of us have a strategic set of strengths that mm-hmm. mesh well so, so so well together that also lets us kind of continue to see this thing through in a way that allows us to continually to challenge ourselves yeah. because i think that the goal with this is not just like hey we're we started a podcast it's much much more <laughs> and i think that What's exciting about what's coming down the road is that we're like 
both bringing so much to the table. And without that, this wouldn't be what it is. Right. Right. And it's, it's, I, 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 well, I agree <laughs> that the people that do this solo are so, like, I'm just so impressed by them. But knowing what I can realistically bring to the table, which is not everything, is, was kind of the biggest. I think that's when we started, that was the first thing we started with is mm-hmm. like, what are our strengths? Because we both have done that. We've both analyzed our strengths. We realize that they kind of mirror each other in certain ways. And I think if you're working on a team, or I think that's just such an important piece of the puzzle is to figure out, okay, no one is like second notch to anybody else. You're all even even playing field. But what are you bringing to the, to, to the table that the other person is it's just not their thing mm-hmm. and that's totally okay and i think having that be the realistic conversation right from the beginning cuts out a lot of like weird tension that might create itself if you're trying to be everything and do everything but you're still part of a team so I think that was like hugely important for us to realize like we are each other's accountability partner and this is why and these are the these are the the strengths we're bringing to the table and that we can deliver on on a super super regular basis because we're good at them and we like them Mm -hmm. there's like all of those things rolled together it's not just like a a forced thing it's just what we do Yeah. And the goal is to not step on each other's toes, make sure that we're always communicating and honest with each other about expectations. And as we continue on this process, that's like, that's the aspect of what it is that we're building is like, this relationship is now an offshoot of our initial relationship. And so you have to treat it obviously the same way from like a foundational standpoint, but it's now a business relationship. Right. So what is it that you guys need to do if you are a partnership to improve and enhance and make sure that everybody's on the same page? I love that. We've created something, Sid. We have. And I'm, I just, if you have any other questions for us, please feel free to ask about like podcasting in general. Brianna can definitely answer those better than I can. (laughs) But I think like we want to hear what you're working on. Like, what did you do with your idea? Is it going well? Do you have a partner? Like, talk to us because I think this thing works because of all of you as well. And we just want to hear what you've learned, what you're learning, and how you want to do more. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.